Hey, VV Nation. Well, you found our podcast on your favorite platform for podcasts. We know that you'll love the content, and hopefully it makes you better informed investors in the stock market. Be sure to follow us on social media. You can go to YouTube, Facebook, Reddit, and Instagram. Just search for VectorVest, and remember, we do the work, you reap the rewards. Hey YouTube, what's going on? It's Patrick here at VectorVest, and I'm bringing you a brand new GME update. We're going to be talking about some of the big headlines that just hit the news today, and also taking a look at the Third Bridge closed door interview, which transcript just came out as well, to get some insight into this e-commerce transformation. So if you're ready to learn more about it and become educated on the whole GME trade, make sure to hit that like button, subscribe, and let's get into it. All right, so before we get into the headlines here today, I just wanted to let everybody know who's watching these videos that we actually have a free Financial Freedom Summit coming up on April 16th and 17th. To register for the event, simply go to vectorvest.com forward slash summit or click on the link in the description below. We're gonna be talking about how to analyze your stocks, how to swing trade, and also some options trading as well and help you educate yourself on learning the basics of options to help generate some extra income uh, throughout different strategies here. So if you're interested, make sure to head on over to the website and register now for free because you won't wanna miss this great education. So with that, let's go ahead, take a look at some of the headlines. We'll start off with the biggest headline so far to hit today, and that is the GME announcement of board of directors coming up for their annual stockholders meeting in June, I believe it is. Actually, June 9th, as we can see here. And that's right, Ryan Cohen to become the chairman of the board following the annual meeting. Everybody's been expecting this, but we finally have the news and the official release of this information, which is great news for all the GME bulls out there. Now that we've got one of the biggest headlines out of the way, Let's go ahead and take a look at that Third Bridge uh, closed door interview that they just released a transcript for and see if we can get some ideas on what the board is thinking and what types of challenges they have facing themselves going forward to get a better understanding of how big this feat actually is that Ryan Cohen and his team are going to be taking on. So we'll just hop over there real quick and you can get this report from Third Bridge's website as well. But if we scroll down here, here are the key questions that they asked during this interview. They're going to really be talking about um, the overview of how the company plans to transform into an e-commerce business, what types of challenges they see coming up in the future, uh, where they see the company over the next few years, um, and really gives you a lot of insight into the thinking behind the board members currently of GME. So just a few points that I want to highlight here are going to be from some of the, the questions. I've already gone through it, and we're gonna be highlighting a few of them right now. So at the very beginning, it's pretty basic, just talking about you know the console cycle, things that most people who are familiar with GME uh, are already familiar with. So I wanna get down into the juicy parts here, starting off with question 16. And the question is, what do you think is the GameStop store's role in the company's more online future, given what Ryan Cohen and the management team have spoken about? So you click on it, it takes you right to their response. And the response was, I think if you can make an atmosphere where you come and you can play, one thing you're going to see, which I think belongs to gaming arenas and Nerd Street, are going to capitalize on the market 
And what this is talking about is really getting into how GameStop is planning to take their stores, completely rebrand their stores, and make them into gaming centers where high schools actually that are starting to build these esports teams can go and practice in. You can have competitions and tournaments, and that shows a lot of potential growth there. This is one thing that people were speculating for a while, but now we actually see their plans and they're planning on implementing that speculation that everybody was waiting for. So this is huge, you know, because they understand that the main point for them right now and the head of the board is to change their company from a brick and mortar store into an e-commerce store, but they still want to have some way to utilize their brick and mortar stores that are currently out there. This is a great way of progressing them forward and getting them caught up to current times. Now, it's not going to put them ahead of anybody, but at least it shows that they're taking the initiative to update them and really uh, change people's minds on the whole brand itself. Um, you know, I didn't even realize that some schools were starting esports teams. So this actually shed some light onto that for me myself. And it's interesting to see that they're going to try to capitalize on that as well. And the whole purpose of that is when you have people coming into your stores for these competitions and for team practices, essentially, you know, they may not necessarily be there to buy something right away, but they are probably going to need some drinks, some food. And, you know, since they're already going to be there, they might as well pick up a new controller or whatever else they need to help generate some extra sales from these brick and mortar stores. So one of the other questions that I want to get to is question number 18, which is, could anyone acquire GameStop and attempt to turn the company around? Does that seem unlikely to you? That was the main question. So one of the things that I really wanted to uh, point out here in their response was that they have a strong belief in Ryan and company. What they said is, I honestly think that what Ryan and his team are doing is the best shot at it. If they can't do it, nobody else can. So... This gives me a little hesitation as a bull, but also makes me extremely excited in seeing their belief in what these new board members can do and what they can achieve and how they can turn it around. Essentially, they don't see anybody trying to take over the company, so you don't have to worry about a potential sellout or a buyout or anything like that. They're just simply saying that if Ryan Cohn can't do this and his team can't turn J and his team can't turn GameStop around then nobody else can. So this is kind of like their last shot essentially at turning the company around and getting it on the right footing to be successful further down the road. Next one I wanted to point out here is question 19. And it states, do you have anything else to add on the viability of the CEO, George Sherman, Ryan Cohen, and the management team strategies? One of the things that I really took away from that was their comment that they said, Yes, something that I don't know about the strategy, but I would like to see is a focus on the community and the people on the board who understand the gaming community. The fact that he puts such an emphasis on the community itself is huge because anybody who's known GameStop or grown up with GameStop knows that they have bought the games at a rebuy for a lot cheaper than what you can actually buy them for. And then they sell them for a huge markup to turn a profit on them. Now, because of that, the buyers or consumers of GameStop actually got turned off from the company, which is part of the reason why they've seen such a decline in their stock price over the years. 
Now, if they put a primary focus on the community and try to put their best foot forward and show that they're genuine in their move, that is a great positive long-term benefit for the company. And I think with the shakeup that we've seen over the last few months, they have the right team there and I think they can uh, achieve that. Now, whether or not they actually will, it's only time will tell, but I like that they're putting a big emphasis on the team and making sure the team knows to rebrand itself to attract their previous audience back to their stores. Then the last one I really wanted to talk about here today is the number 20, which is what is the best and worst case scenario that they see for themselves? And I think their response is valid. And, you know, it's always good to be objective in your views. Don't just focus on one thing or another, but, you know, keep in mind the other side of the argument. So I like to look at both the worst and the best case scenarios. So their best case scenarios over the next year, year and a half, two years, we're seeing online sales continue to increase. Of course, that's what the primary focus has been over the last few months. Their increase in digital sales was 175% compared to the previous year in their last earnings statement. That's huge. We want to see that continue to grow. And I think with the board that they have in place, they'll be able to achieve that goal and they'll be able to continue to engage their audience to keep their online sales growing. And now the worst case scenario. The worst case scenario could be if the new leadership is not in touch with the gaming community and there are some bets that have been made that just because we're focusing on the website and we have a digital perspective, it's going to fix all of our problems. And if they can't get the community behind them, then no matter who they have on their board, no matter what they do, this plan that they have for the digital transformation, for the e-commerce transformation is set to fail. Now, with all the media attention that GameStop has got over the last few months, I see this as very unlikely, but it is a very real situation that could potentially happen. It is probable. But with their transformation, as I've stated earlier, I think that with Ryan Cohen coming on board, if they put a community focus on their changes, that can really help gain trust back from their previous uh, audience, and that can help them get back on the right track. You know, they've never made these changes. They've even stated throughout the report that these changes should have been years ago. And I completely agree with that, but better late than never. At least they're trying to make things right. They're trying to turn their company around. They're trying to fix the big issues that they've had for years that have really hurt their share prices. So from a long-term perspective, this is looking good. They do have a little bit of fear as you read through this report. It seems like they're a little nervous about going through this whole transformation and be rightfully so because they don't know if it's going to be successful or not. They're putting all their eggs in one basket and believing in the team. And I think that's the right move where they're currently at right now. You know, the stock was just $2 and some change just a little under a year ago. What do they have to lose? They have nothing to lose and all to gain. I like the stock. I like their ideas of what they're trying to do, how they're putting a community focus on their brick and mortar stores to try to get foot traffic back in the doors, especially as countries uh, lockdowns start easing. And they're also engaging on the e-commerce side and have some great plans to really help them get going and get on the right footing with that as well. 
One other piece of news that isn't listed here that I definitely wanted to bring up though is that $1 billion that they're trying to raise through um, at the market offerings. And a lot of people were worried. We saw the stock drop at the beginning of the week, about 15 bucks a share, but it quickly came right back. And I see that as a positive because for the short term, to make that $1 billion, they're putting their price target essentially if they sold all 3.5 million shares, that price would have to be around 285 roughly. And right now, as I'm recording this video, the stock's trading around 170 to 180. That's another $100 up from where it's currently trading at. Everybody who is bag holders and bought in at 300 should feel pretty good about knowing that their target is 285. The only request I would have is if GameStop or Ryan Cohen happens to actually watch this video is that you guys give the short squeeze guys a little bit of time before you just get trigger happy and sell those 3.5 million shares the second it hits $285. Let the squeeze happen. That way you don't have to add nearly as many shares as you want to into the stock. Help keep the float low, keep the price stable, and not dilute it nearly as much. You know, if GameStop goes up significantly, if the squeeze actually happens and things go to the moon, they could maybe only have to sell a few hundred shares or even less than that and make that 1 billion target. And even if they do put out all 3.5 million shares at the 285 price level to get that $1 billion capital raised, that's really not that big of a deal because it's only about 5% of the float. And if the... DD and the research out there is correct that the stock is shorted more than 100%. That 5% is going to be absolutely nothing compared to the actual overall short squeeze trade. So with that, I hope you guys enjoyed today's commentary. I hope you guys enjoyed the analysis. Let me know your thoughts on the third bridge interview and whether or not you guys like the stock, not like the stock. Let's get a conversation going in the comments below. So on that note, take care. Adios. I'll see you guys on the moon. Thank you for supporting our podcast and for being a part of VV Nation. Remember, you can always get a free stock analysis on your stocks. Simply go to VectorVest.com forward slash free. Type in your symbol, submit your email, and we will email your analysis.